pink whale, and that's Garage. <laughs> Here we are once again, Pinkies. This is a garage episode because I'm going to talk about cars, cars, cars. And I'm going to talk about my favorite topic, tires, tires, tires. <laughs> uh, because that Archer from ArcherRadio.com, two R's, actually three R's, but hey, ending in two R's. Anyway, you know who he is. Archer had an incident with a car tire. And we'll just go right into that right away, and then I'll talk about um, my my adventures with the electric car getting service. Oh, you're going to be so, I don't know, incredulous when I tell you how much it cost me to get that electric car fixed. But let's talk about Archer first. So Archer took had a tire problem. He took it to the service center. I'm going to let Archer tell us what the deal is here. Um, I'm going to edit this down a bit, but here's Archer from his own show telling uh, telling us what happened to his car. I'm thinking this whole weekend, I'm, I kept checking the tire to make sure, and, and the air stayed in it. It didn't go down at all, and I, would, I drove a couple times, so, and there was no problem with it, but I just knew that when I took it to the dealer, they're going to say, oh, you need to change this tire, or better yet, why don't you just replace all four tires, because you do have 40,000 miles on these tires. And I don't even know if that's a lot of mileage on a set of tires or not, to tell you the truth. So anyway, I took my car in for service today, and I told the man, when I dropped it off, I said, um, I, I, I ripped this, you know, I, I hit the curb and I ripped the tire and it damaged the rim and stuff. And um, he said, well, you know, we'll, we'll look at it, but you do have 40,000 miles on your car, so we'll have them evaluate the tires and see what kind of tread is left on them and then we'll let you know and I was waiting for this I was waiting for my car to be done so I stayed there and the guy came out like I don't know about an hour and a half later and he said we've done all the all, all the maintenance you know service on the car but we did evaluate your tires and that one that has a rip in it definitely needs to be replaced because um, it's so close to the sidewall where the where it um, hits the rim that he's he said we're afraid that it's going to blow out at some point so you should probably replace that tire and I was like okay well can you just replace one tire and he said well you can but you shouldn't so um, I was like well what would it cost to replace two tires and he said well you could do that too but the thing is in evaluating your tires you only have like I think he said nine thirty seconds of tread left on two of the tires and it wasn't the two or one of them was not the one that was um, damaged so I just said okay well just let's just go ahead and replace all four tires and he said that that's your best um, you know he said I, I recommend that's the best thing for you to do so um, a whole bunch of money later and another two hours the dealer um, I replaced the, they went ahead and replaced the tires and the thing is I was thinking to myself as as they were working on changing the tires I was thinking to myself I should have really asked Faye driver about um, changing the tires and and, and uh, you know what, what what is the determination that tires need to be changed? I know it's the tread that's left on them and how many miles they've had. And I understand that, but um, I just wondered if I could have gone longer on the other three tires and left that one. I just fixed that one, but that's not what I did. And I also understand that if I I should not probably have done it at the dealer because things are much more expensive when you have to do it at the dealer. 
um, like you can go to a cheaper tire store like I don't know if you guys have NTB I don't know if NTB stands for National Tire something I don't know but uh, I really I was really thinking about Faye Driver and, and you know maybe calling into his thing but you know, eventually I was already at the deal and the guy wanted me to make the decision and all this kind of stuff so I ended up getting four brand new tires and the service was all done and now my car is in good shape and all right I, I I'll decided just... to take it in now because at the 40,000 mile mark um, I had not taken it to the dealer okay um so we'll talk here now Thank you, Archer, for uh, for thinking of me. And yes, I realize it's not practical for you to call the Faye driver <laughs> when you're in the tire shop getting new tires. Um, several questions here, so we'll we'll get through it all here. Uh, it's difficult to say whether forty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, forty thousand miles is the is the is the end life of a tire it's probably very close 40,000 miles on a tire is a good like we're get you're getting up there you know some tires you can get 50,000 miles maybe 60,000 miles but every tire is different and there's no no there's no real way to know uh, you can't go by the the miles driven uh, to determine you know whether a tire should be replaced or not you really need to go by the tread depth um, because the reason is is that tires can be made out of so many different compounds. Uh, some, you know, high performance tires are made of much softer compounds or multiple types of hard and soft compounds. Cheaper tires are made of harder compounds. They tend to be more noisy. So there's such a wide range of tire styles that uh, you know you just can't say a tire should last forty thousand. So what we do to measure our tires is to measure the tread depth. And like the like your fellow mentioned there, uh, he said 9.30 seconds. But if your tire is getting down to 4.30 seconds or 3.30 seconds, then that's the end. That would be where the end of the life of the tire would be. The other things that tire manufacturers do is they put tire wear indicators onto the tire. And this is... A, a, a line, a rubber line that runs laterally across the tire. So, you you know, as you look at the tire, you see the treads running, you know, we'll call that uh, in the, the, the north-south direction on the tire, but across, uh, crosswise, perpendicular to the tread run, being east-west, for instance, uh, they'll put a little really thin, like very low, um, a rubber line across the tire and that rubber line uh, that tread wear indicator would be about two thirty seconds high and when you start getting your tires start getting low lower and lower the tread wear wears away the tire wear indicator will become more visible and more prevalent and that would be a, a cue to you to consider start changing your tires when you start getting really close to that tread wear indicator. But it's typically, you know, three thir 30 seconds, um, three millimeters for us in Canada, three or four millimeters. At four millimeters, your tires are starting to get to the point where they need, you need to consider. Um, you know, three millimeters is probably the end of a life, or three thirty seconds is the end of a life of a tire. 
So it's much more better to go by that measurement. Um, now, Archer told me later on in uh, our first podcast um, green room that uh, these are 19-inch tires that he got, so that will be more expensive. He also said he got a wheel alignment. They put a wheel alignment in, and the entire package, I believe, uh, was uh, about $1,100 US for the four sets of tires, mounted and balanced, and uh, and including a wheel alignment. So it is just talking about wheel alignments. It is a good idea to get a wheel alignment every three or four years, which is probably going to be about the same as when you change your tires. But the other benefit of doing a, white, a wheel alignment when you have the brand new tires on is uh, when you have fresh tires, you want your wheels aligned very nicely so that the tires wear evenly from front to rear. So it's not a bad thing to get a wheel alignment. Uh, it's something that I would recommend, especially if you're spending $1,000 on tires, right? So, so overall, uh, you know, I think it's fairly normal. Um, we, I'm not going to talk about brands and how one brand is more expensive than the other. You definitely could have got a slightly cheaper deal away from the dealer, like at a discount tire store, and they would have been able to sell you the same tire um, for a little bit cheaper. But you know, what are you looking at? Twenty-five bucks per tire, maybe forty bucks per tire, and then you have the inconvenience of going to a different place. So yeah, you know, is it's a hundred you might have saved a hundred bucks a hundred to 150 bucks uh, by going to a different tire shop but you know then you got to do a bunch of research they're not gonna have exactly the right tire they're oh we don't have your brand and and keep in mind there was another discussion with West Stone on Twitter about tires and batteries keep in mind that these car companies when they sell you these brand new cars they're doing everything they possibly can. They're selling 100,000 units of the Ford Fusion, or whatever Archer is driving. Titanium, by the way, because it's Archer. <laughs> the top of the line uh, model. <laughs> um, but, you know, they gotta save, every gotta scrimp and save everywhere they can. So they're going to buy the cheapest tire that gives a you know a generally good amount of performance and the same thing with the batteries they're gonna buy these cheap batteries uh, to put in this car to get the car off the lot and it's gonna be your problem in two or three years when that cheaper battery craps out or comes to the end of its life so uh, I wouldn't be surprised that you know, these batteries, and I think in Wes's case, he had to replace a battery. Uh, I think, I don't remember how old his car is, probably but four years, four to five years for a battery is normal length for this consumable um, device in your car. And, you know, four years of uh, tires or 40,000 miles of tires, that's pretty good. I think that's a, that's a, that's a good, uh, good amount of wear. Um, it it's, would be logical to me that you would need new tires at that point. I believe uh, Archer's tires were the Continentals, and the Continental is a good. It's a good brand. It's a good middle of the road brand. They're a little more expensive. They do. The nice thing about the Continental tire is it's oh, there's a big boat being towed. Holy macaroni! 
Um, the Continental is a good tire because it's very quiet. They tend to be quieter, um, softer rides. So on something like a Fusion Titanium, Ford would, would want to give you the best ride quality for the, their dollar value in, you know, investment. So um, yeah, good for you. Uh, good for you, Archer. I hope I answered all of those questions. Um, now, let's talk about electric cars. So I took my electric car to the, the BMW service center, which was about 100 miles away. And I talked to you about this before. I was concerned about... I had to drive it there because I couldn't get a trailer. And... Uh, um, so it took me a long time to get there. So I... I made two stops on my 100 mile drive. Uh, I stopped uh, after the first 20 minutes in, in town and I got a free electric charge to, that charged me up almost back up to 100%. Um, and I, while that car was charging, I went and ran around. I, I walked around, I should say. I did some chores. I went for breakfast. Did I go for breakfast? Yeah, I think I went for breakfast. I uh, bought some stuff at the stationery store and then I walked back to my car and it was uh, in just about 30 minutes it was ready to um, ready to roll again so I did the drive in the in the hot sun over the steep mountains a lot of mountains around here and I got to about 20 miles or 35 kilometers from my destination and my car was saying it had a range of 45 miles, 45 kilometers, uh, roughly 30, I guess maybe 30 miles, less than, a little less than 30 miles. Um, so that was just a little too close for comfort for me. And you know, you do not want to get stuck with a, a car with zero battery because a car with zero battery, electric car with zero battery will go nowhere. <laughs> and it, you know, you can't, you, you, you would have to tow the car the rest of the distance to the service center if you ran out of electric power. So I actually did stop again, and I got another free charge, which gave me about another 10 kilometers, and then I was able to easily drive uh, to my destination. I actually ended up having about 30 kilometers left, so like one, one quarter of my battery was remained. Uh, by the time I got there, I just wanted to do that one extra... God, this road is so rough. Oh, there goes my phone. Um, I just wanted to have that little extra margin of, uh, of uh, safety, you know, that uh, range anxiety <laughs> uh, was at play. I realize now I could have gone the whole way, but, uh, you know, it's too risky, much, much too risky. Um, so it took me, like, it did take me like three hours to go this hundred miles. Um, it was maybe 110 miles. It was more than 100 miles. But anyway, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what the entire distance was. But uh, with the stopping and the doing the chores and hanging around and stuff like that. So um, a little longer than I would have liked to have spent driving the car to the service center. Um, and anyway, I got the air conditioning fixed. They said there was nothing wrong with it. They couldn't replicate the problem, but then they did a whole bunch of checks and they cleaned some switches and they 
I don't know. They did a whole bunch of stuff. They, I think they evacuated the, the coolant, the Freon, which is not really Freon, out of it. Put new Freon in. It only cost about $65 or $85 for them to do all that. Um, and uh, I had some other work done too. And it ended up being way cheaper than I thought it was going to be. I thought I'd be spending like $2,000 on this service. Uh, but lo and behold, BMW only charged me $700. So that was good. That was, uh, that was a free recall that I had done for a charging system. Uh, the air conditioning fixed, a wheel alignment for $150. Bucks, and, uh, and then the general service, which, you know, the brakes, flush the brake fluid. What a gone, what a bullshit. That's a bullshit charge, flushing the brake fluid. Um, uh, anyway, I ended up, I let them do that because <clears throat> it was only $65 plus I got another year of roadside assistance. Not that I, I think I'm ever going to use that roadside assistance. I got to pay attention to my driving here. I got to get off the road to, I'll go to my recycling center. So um, that turned out pretty good, I would say. So I'm going to stop talking here. I'm going to come back and tell you about getting my car back from the service center, which is another adventure. So just stand by. So pinkies, when my car was ready, I had to go pick it up. So I didn't want to do another 100 mile drive in the electric car. And you know, they call you at at a moment's notice and say, yeah, your car's ready, come get it. After making you wait unknown number of days, two days in this case, can you come get it? And I'm like, dude, I live 100 miles away and it's a fucking organizational nightmare to get this damn car. (laughs) I didn't say that, but I thought it. (laughs) Um, So, uh, no, I can't get the car. I'll get it tomorrow after the next day. So I organized to get this car the next day. Um, Now, you know, I'm... I'm a, a frequent flyer with the U-Haul organization where I, I rent many trailers from U-Haul. I'm going to turn on some seat cooling here. Oh, it's, it's hot in here. 26 degrees out here. Um, now, I know this system. This, this system is flawed, this U-Haul nonsense. Um, because they will rent you a trailer. They will reserve you a trailer anywhere in the world that they have an outlet what they don't tell you is that that there's no actual no trailer at this location but they're kind of hoping that a trailer will arrive somehow magically by the time your reservation starts so I'm on to them and I know this and this is what happened when I was trying to get the car to the BMW dealer is I had booked this trailer and lo and behold, the day comes for me to pick up the trailer and take the car. And they call me the, that day or the day before, the night before. There's no trailer at this location. You can get one a hundred miles away if you want. We'll give you that one. Well, that's no effing good to me. They wanted me to get a trailer from my destination point where the BMW dealer lives. Go down there, pick up this effing trailer this place always confuses confuses me oh, I hate this I just don't know my way around this town yet yeah how come there's a I just don't understand this town anyway 
They wanted me to drive all the way the 100 miles to the BMW dealer, pick up the trailer, bring it all the way back to my house 120 miles away, load my trailer on, and then drive everybody back to the city where the BMW dealer is and where the trailer lives. Well, I'm not doing that. That's stupid, which is why I drove the car myself. So that was that. So, uh, you know, I have to say, I was not the least bit surprised that this occurred. So this is my new uh, strategy is to not book a trailer until like the very last minute. That way I get a better understanding of what trailers are available. Now, I I figured out the trick because what U-Haul will do is they'll say, yes, this trailer is available here, air quotes, limited availability. So I now know that, air quotes, limited availability means we don't have a trailer here. So when I needed to get the car, I booked the trailer for my hometown. Um, You know, I'm picking it up in six hours or whatever, right? 12 hours. And I immediately get a call. There's no trailer in, in their hometown. You have to go 30 miles. Do you want to go 30 miles to get this trailer? So, ugh, fucking Christ. So, yes, that because it happened to be on my way, the 30 the 30 mile away town to the BMW dealer, I I took this trailer. So, I had to drive down there. Now, this this U-Haul outfit was a guy with a barn in a in a in the out in the country in the uh, you know the old the old country outback and he has a whole bunch of trucks and u-haul trailers and they're all hidden behind his barn out in the Tuleys. Um, so Arnold <laughs> I went to Arnold's U-Haul barn <laughs> and <laughs> picked up this trailer and drove the other 70 miles to the BMW dealer loaded my trailer on and then brought it back and then had to go empty again the other 30 miles back to to Arnold's U-Haul barn. So, you know, this, uh, and I, I honestly, I, I think I paid about probably 50 to $75 in fuel for, and, and $60 for the trailer to get this electric car in for service. So, uh, you know, just a, but I'm telling you, it, it, this seem, may seem like it's a lot of effort to have an electric car, particularly in the country. You know, the country is not a good place for electric cars, but it is really cheap to operate. Like $600 for over two years for maintenance on this car, I consider that to be a good deal. And, you know, the, the electricity is cheap. It's like four, four to six dollars a month to operate that car. We use it every weekend. I, I we use it to beetle around the local, um, the local uh, small town grocery stores and check in the mail, which is four miles away from my house. So it's kind of a good. It's kind of okay, you know. For so if you add the hundred and fifty dollars it cost to move the trailer move the truck on the move the car on the trailer you're looking at a thousand bucks for this particular uh, service for this car it's still not bad it's a bit of a pain in the neck though 
And it was like it took a whole day, right, to do this whole transferring of the car and stuff. So, so I don't know, Pinkies. That's that's the way she goes out here in the great white north with electric cars and <laughs> and big diesel monster trucks. Thank God I have my big diesel monster tow monster. Um, because it is fun. I do enjoy towing things and stuff like that. So speaking of towing things, um, the adventure for today is that I'm heading out to the RV trailer. Now we were supposed to go to a place called Arrow Lakes for a little a week-long uh, RV trip out in the boondocks. We're going to go dry camping. Uh, no electricity, uh, no sewer, but we did, I believe we had water lined up. We had a site with water. But anyway, um, and that was supposed to be this next week here, the starting in three or four days here. Um, but the, uh, most of British Columbia is on fire. <laughs> and uh, as you're aware, you know, I've been fire securing my house, fireproofing my house and yard. Um, funny story about that in a minute. Um, so, you know, we were planning on going away. We're not going to go away, though. It's just not safe. You don't want to be traveling during this extreme fire season. This is my opinion. Um, because you're... One, we're not going to go into an area where there's fires. Arrow Lakes is on fire now, so... Uh, not the sp specifically where we were going, but within 10 miles, the place is on fire. And there are just fires everywhere around us here. Um, so, uh, for those British Columbians, I live on the Shushwap Lake. So, Mar Lake, the Shushwap Lake, there's fires all around it. Arrow Lakes, there's the fires in Kamloops. All of you local people will know. So, Soyuz has fires now. So, and these are major fires, not just uh, the you know, little pooper on the, in a tree. These are like 70 hectare fires and 120 hectare fires and stuff like that. They're out of, they're out of control fires. I believe we have 15 to 20 fires of note, as they call them, which are typically fires that are really big and or out of control. So, uh, and there's a lot of people who are displaced from their homes right now. Um, so, you know, now isn't really not the time to be taking your RV and going into the woods with it. Not only are you, you know, going to a place where there's a fire risk, um, you'd be enveloped in smoke, which right now it's super smoky here at the moment. Um, and uh, you're also going to be getting in the way of those resources that need to get to the fire. You don't want to be clogging up the highways and... Oh, there goes another effing 35-foot RV down the road when the, the fire trucks are trying to get to their things and the firefighters and crews are trying to move around and, you know, you're taking resources like diesel fuel and water and propane and kind of just generally getting in the way. So we decided we would cancel our trip, um, but that does not uh, forego the fact that now I'm actually... Uh, doomsday prepping my RV. I'm going today with a bunch of food stuffs and clothes, and I'm gonna do uh, uh, gonna do some 
setting up and getting ready to have this thing, this RV trailer, ready to roll in case we end up being one of these people who are displaced and have been given an evacuation order to get out of our house because we have fire, uh, impending fire coming towards us. So today I'm going to sanitize my tanks and uh, pack up the trailer, gonna get my hitch connected in the back of the truck and just kind of be all ready to roll so that if we have to bug out that uh, we have, uh, we're all set up. We can just go to the trailer and connect it and drive away and we'll have some place to live. Uh, not sure where we'd, we'd go, probably go down to the Chilliwack area, but uh, you know, we're in a kind of a, kind of a serious situation here. So I want to be prepared. And that's what I'm doing. So speaking of being prepared, I was, you know, I was mowing down the neighbor's yard. We got this empty lot beside us. These people were going to be building a house. Who knows when, you know, it's just a vacant lot. There's a lot of vacant lots around where I am. This is a new subdivision. There's a lot of new houses going in, a new house across the street, a new house down the street. And so this vacant lot has all this really high grass. I think, believe I've talked about this before. And I had mowed the grass down. And I was, you heard me talk about mowing the forest and watering, <laughs> watering the forest. Well, the two days after I get the neighbor's vacant lot, all the, you know, the four foot grass all mowed down, lo and behold, the excavator arrives, you know, the big shovel monster and he starts digging basements and clearing the land and knocking down trees and so all that work that I did <laughs> on my neighbor's lot uh, is all a waste of time and, and gas <laughs> and dulling my already dull lawnmower blade. <laughs> so, uh, what are you going to do? So, But we're kind of happy that they got that house started um, because uh, it's so dusty and stuff, so it'd be nice if they get this house up. They kick up a lot of dust and construction and all that stuff. So I'm happy to see the new house going in. So, so there's that. All right, this is lengthy enough. This has been a Pink Wheel Nuts Garage episode. If you have questions about your car, uh, you can email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. This weekend is the Pride 48 Network, big Pride 48. 48 hours of streaming it's probably more than 48 hours but all weekend long on pride48.com podcasters will be streaming you can go to pride48.com to uh, see all of these shows that are on I am not doing a show I was supposed to be in the Arrow Lakes Uh, but you might see me in the chat room now and then so um, this show is part of the pride 48 network Um, And I think that's it for me. Thank you for listening. Now take care. Bye-bye.